0: Welcome to Remote Watch, the podcast that transcends time. Uh, first time here, Remote Watch is about uh, two friends who are across the world from each other and we chat movies, we chat dumbassery, all the things. You have myself, Kaylee, I'm from Malaysia, but I'm
1: currently living in London and we have my co-host. Hi, I'm Julia, based in New York, Um, kind of been in New York the whole time, but you know, cultural differences is the spice of our podcast. Um if it's your first time here, welcome. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. Um I, if you may have heard in our last episode, uh if you have not since the last episode, you probably get on that. But uh last week we spoke about Marie Antoinette, um sophia Coppola's, you know, and Kristen Dunst's love child to uh I guess our French princess. Um so this week we'll be Queen. preparing. Sorry. French queen I guess, but it's kind of like they're yeah, t- t- whatever. <laughs> but this week we'll be covering a two prong approach. Um, so we'll be covering uh Sophia Coppola's Priscilla and partially Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, because why the heck did two Elvis films come out years back to back? We're not sure. Um, so we're here to explore that. Um so I mean it's also like
0: that family is having like kind of a pop culture renaissance right now like riley keogh um elvis's granddaughter like she was the star in one of my favorite like miniseries i've seen this year for daisy jones and then like you know the tragic passing of lisa maria earlier this year and then like a whole lawsuit about the graceland estate it's a whole thing but for some reason everything's just compounded in 2023 for that family
1: it just Doesn't end. Maybe they need the movies to kind of teach everybody what's going on.
0: To be honest, this is going to be more about Priscilla because I'm not going to lie. I don't have that many thoughts about Elvis. I will quickly go through about that right
1: now. I mean, and neither do I. It honestly, I know everyone had kind of watched it when it came out. It was like a big craze. People talk about it today because Austin Butler can't seem to get Elvis out of his system.
0: He got it out though. No, he got Um, it out.
1: Household. Because uh, he has a new movie, it's called Bike Riders, and um,
0: in promoting that movie, he just like had to shed it away from him. But it is funny that he has like gotten so method that he just speaks like this. So.
1: I mean, the best part about comparing Elvis's and we'll get into that deeper, is that like now shade is just being thrown. I don't know if you heard about the GQ article about Jacob Elordi, Um, and the fact that like yes, he played Elvis, and then there's a line that says. And he bears no Elvis accent today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that writer knew what they were doing. And it, it was like a very pointed comment about like how they met uh, Priscilla, like the real Priscilla. And she said that it was a pretty good accent. So <laughs> yeah. Austin probably also met that family because I know Riley Keough was at that premiere for the Bas Lerman one. So everyone's like the entire Presley enterprises has like hands in it kind of with like the creation of this I guess
1: do you know if Priscilla had a hand in Elvis at all or no all right in
0: in an interview with today uh Priscilla defended parts of the film portrayal of Elvis and um Colonel Parker's relationship I've lived the arguments that they had so I think it's because this movie very much was like not about Elvis's relationship with Priscilla, that's why she can let a lot of it slide. It was basically Colonel Tom Parker's like experience being the manager of Elvis Presley rather than Elvis Presley movie. So, that's why how I feel about it. And also not enough Baz Luhrmann. Despite the fact that it is like very Baz Luhrmann, but like I know you can do more. I've seen Romeo plus Juliet
1: And that is the level this should have gone. If it's going to be a movie about Elvis, but also not about Elvis, you can't do it as grand as you want to, I guess. I suppose. But it's also like,
0: this is how I felt when I was watching um, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, right? I felt that like it was just, uh, it was more Tom Parker's movie. How much do you know about Elvis before watching these two movies? Nothing at all and you're the american here so like i don't i know nothing so um going into this i don't i don't know anything about i just know that he's like the king of rock and roll he was like um really like big influential in like m- movies kind of but more music and like he has a ton of impersonators I know him more through impersonators same with Marilyn Monroe um because it's like that's how like big that pop culture transitions over to me because I don't live in America but yeah so I didn't know about what Elvis and this entire family saga is. So I have a note here. So I'm watching Elvis right now and why this saga be about, it's, it's a predator MLM. So like Tom Parker is a predator towards Elvis because Elvis is like uh, green towards this entire world of fame. And like um, he's being taken advantage of by Colonel Tom Parker. And then he is taking advantage of young Priscilla, which we gloss over entire like the entire thing the entire relationship in my view um i i
1: lie i (laughs) it's not that i knew nothing about elvis it's that i know the general fun facts like i know he liked peanut butter and i think banana sandwiches that's what it was or something like that i mean even then i'm getting my fun facts wrong um and that johnny bravo is probably inspired by him because that guy sounds just like him um and it, it honestly made sense that we gloss over Priscilla's story in Elvis because it almost felt the same in Priscilla. Um, and I, it's kind of hard to kind of say their names and not put it in italics in a physical way. But it's almost like she felt like a footnote in either film, even though she's not. Hmm. I can dive into that later if you want.
0: I mean, I think this is enough about our... I've said what I've needed to say about Elvis uh, and Bos Luhrmann.
1: I also need to uh, bitch about the fact that this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long, whereas Priscilla is about half of that runtime. Who needs that much movie time? Yes. I hear me out. I am a Marvel fan and I will sit that long for a Marvel movie, but because I have been invested for so long, it makes sense. I'm into the lore, but if I'm not into the lore of this, you know, one famous pop star, I wouldn't watch that much about Harry Styles. And I like that dude. No, thank you. But I know there's going to be a two hour and 40 minute biopic about that man down the line. Um, God, Yeah. (laughs) And I am not looking forward to it. I kind of am. For two hours and 40 minutes, you're going to spend three hours of your life on Harry Styles.
0: I mean, my Spotify wrap's coming up, then we can see how much time I've actually spent on Harry
1: Styles. (laughs) What I need is a biopic about the making of the first Twilight film.
0: (laughs) What I need is the the breakup of One Direction. Oh, no, actually. If
1: there was a two hour, 14 minute movie about One Direction. Like the rise and fall, I do it. Okay. But then it could be from Harry's perspective where you end with him at MSG at like the end of his 15 No, no, it has to
0: be all five of them. Okay. We have to have like, you know, Harry having like his like big moments. And then we also cut to like, we am doing Botox and (laughs) weird. And being on dumb podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of like boy bands and stuff, we're jumping around a little bit because, um, This is the Boy bands we grew up with. And Priscilla grew up with watching Elvis. So we had this conversation off pod before this. And I was just thinking, like, if I was 14 and invited to be in a party with Harry Styles, would my parents let me go? What are your thoughts, Julia?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. They didn't even let me have sleepovers in high school with people I knew for months even years so i can't just be like randomly yeah i'm gonna go to this random man's house because he's famous it's funny because you so you saw it weeks before i did because london film festival which i'm sure was wonderful um and you said it was a horror movie and i was like oh no i am not ready and even within the first five minutes i'm saying like this is terrifying this random man comes up to a 14 year old girl and asks her if she wants to go somewhere, and then coerces her parents to agree. Does that does that not scream right, stranger danger? It's not stranger danger,
0: technically.
1: Their dad's <laughs> their, their, her dad I works. Do with- not care. Hell no. If I don't know you, I don't care if we have connections. If I don't know you personally. It's not happening. Okay, but think of it of
0: the perspective. Uh, actually, were you like a really big Harry Styles fan at 14? No, I actually hated One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like who? Uh, okay, David Tennant. Someone comes up to you and say, Hey, David Tennant is at a party. Do you want to come? 14-year-old Julia. The
1: <laughs> response would be, can I go with you? All right, because your parents are also fans of David Tennant. Yeah, so like <laughs> my parents are chill enough that they would come with me. Granted, I wouldn't want them to, but like, to me, that feels like the better choice because it's kind of best of both worlds. Like I get to be watched and I also get to meet David Tennant, you know?
0: Fair enough. So. <laughs> well, um, my parents won't let me go anyway. I get in trouble for trying to get home. So it's um, the it's whole thing about <laughs> like um, being able to convince tiger helicopter parents if um, you can... Go see friends outside of a school setting, let alone grown men outside of a school setting. Um, my mom did leave me alone for a meet and greet for The Wanted. Uh, it's like complete juxtaposition from One Direction. It's like we're back in like 2012, and like there was like a meet and greet, and we like queued up. I was with like a bunch of other girls, and it's like girls I didn't know. So that was cool I guess I guess she'd leave me alone for that knowing it's a public space but this is a house party and I don't think my mom will let me go to a house party with a band
1: no no it's <laughs> definitely not although that is like the beginning of any Wattpad story this is a Wattpad, oh Wattpad my story my god really.
0: <laughs> but it's the dark side of a Wattpad story though no because- it's not
1: it follows all the exact beats <laughs> Oh, shut up. Yes, (laughs) it does.
0: I know it's exactly it. But like, it's also to be careful of what you wish for in a Wattpad story because Priscilla is miserable.
1: Because like typically in a Wattpad story, it's like, I'm very young. I get up and get dressed and I go to either do the normal things I do or end up in a certain situation I'm not familiar with. Someone randomly comes up to me. Do you want to meet this famous person? And you're like, oh, my God, he may be my future husband. So I'm going to go. And it just plays out that way. And of course, the famous person immediately has a crush on them. So it works out. It's just then it kind of goes to nightmare land from there. But it, it it doesn't feel as much of a nightmare as it could be, I think, only because of how quiet the film is, if that makes sense. It's
0: so intentional on in how quiet it is, because when you like we're bringing it back a little bit, but the Elvis movie is chaotic and noisy, although I argued not chaotic and noisy enough but it is like nonstop movement and colors and like transitions that are like in the boslem and like sort of trademark and whereas this one it's just like sometimes like it's so quiet that you don't know that oh this is like in their span of like a few years now and things have changed you kind of like gauge change by like the wardrobe and outfits that Priscilla decides or what she doesn't decide what someone decides for her aka being a doll to Elvis Presley and he's just like oh I think you should wear like darker eye makeup and wear like your beehive hair and I'm just like Ugh. yeah
1: it's it, it was interesting because it's like The movie is, like I said, so much shorter than Elvis that like by the time we get to the end and Priscilla's kind of really transformed into who she is, it was hard for me to register it. (laughs) Even though I was keeping track of her wardrobe, it was more of like you could document how she was feeling or what was happening in the film by her hair color. That's it. The hair
0: color and eye makeup like literally and yes. like the style because it's like I liked how it's like oh she's like wearing her hair and like a ponytail to signify like oh in school we try to like have to tie our hair up and then like the beehive in like oh this is like peak having be like quote unquote controlled by Elvis. And then slowly when he's like more distant and like there is some distance between the two of them, she like wears her hair down more naturally and like has an affair with the
1: karate instructor, maybe. And <laughs> oh no, I looked that up. She did. She really did. Good for her. <laughs> um and she only ended up in karate because Elvis had kind of suggested it to her because he took his own karate lessons. Which I'm I was honestly surprised that they threw that in there because it just felt like Elvis, you know, at least Jacob Lourdes, Elvis would never suggest anything to her besides like changing her appearance. But like, when would he ever say you should go to this karate class to take care of yourself or because I'm not around? Like, I never felt that kind of care from him.
0: was never around though like for a lot of it she's just isolated in graceland granted graceland is a very nice estate to be isolated in like imagine covid
1: and having that estate all i wanted was a backyard if i had that i'd be set i'd never complain about anything ever again but yeah i thought that was so
0: wild like so we're kind of like going all over the place so like we're talking about how she met elvis and like coming to be with Elvis right and like did your audience in the cinema have that scene uh, especially in um, the first time in Vegas when she's like crying and she doesn't want to go home and like Elvis is like no you have to go home otherwise you can't come out here again I told your dad that you'd go back to Germany and so he sent her off and she's like coming out of the airport with like like frazzled and like and everyone's just laughing
1: uncomfortably in my cinema I'm just like yeah this is bad yeah we had the uncomfortable laughter because she looks at her parents and is like what and we're like girl you you don't look good um (laughs) I think that It was probably one of the only reactions I got. And besides when she goes out with Elvis again. Oh, no. When she goes to visit him for the first time, he gives her the pills and he's like, wake up. You've been asleep for two days. And the whole theater was like. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it is. It's low key. Like, oh, why do we gloss over that? But at the same time, what is there to explain?
1: The predatory nature just like keeps evolving because it's like, how do you get in a car, go to an event and right after your man is like, here, take this pill. Here, take this pill. It's the control. I love it. And it's also like, there, that scene with the
0: chair i just like i couldn't because it's like it's probably triggering for a lot of people and i, I don't have any like traumatic experiences sort of like this sort but it's like when i saw that i was like so afraid that's why when i came out of that movie theater i was telling everybody who would listen priscilla is a horror movie for me
1: yes the chair scene was scary, but I think the gaslighting for me was worse when she's like realizing he's cheating, and he's sort of like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's whatever." I know a friend of mine really got nervous every time, you know, he would tell her, "We're not, we're not going to have sex." That was so so very like that. Was, I mean, yeah, good that he isn't
0: trying to do it with a minor, but also like, like. It's so icky. What's a t- grown-ass man doing with a
1: teenager? What did I even have to talk about? Just just thinking about it, because I assumed Kaylee Spanny was so much younger than Jacob Elordi to find out they're only maybe like a few months apart. Um, I-, I commend the makeup and hair and costume department for making her seem so young. I mean, but it's also probably the height difference. Oh my God, the height difference.
0: No one would shut up about the height difference whenever when I came out of the movie. Where I was just like... Jacob
1: Elordi is a giant and Kiwi is like what five, one? Oh, she's tiny yeah she's five, one, and he's 6'5 so it's funny when he like grabs her hand and he's got like two hands of her <laughs> length yeah it's the height difference and like
0: that's definitely intentional in like the casting and like a lot of the angles because cameras are able to help when you like Put them in certain angles to make the height difference less jarring. But this one, they emphasize the shit out of it just to make it like extra uncomfortable for everyone watching. Like this is a child.
1: I think we, okay, so I'm going to have to keep talking about hair, makeup and wardrobe because I mean, it's kind of the same as like Marie Antoinette as well. Priscilla's dresses get shorter and shorter. So when she first meets him, like they're really long. And we know as short people, when you wear really long things, you look smaller than you are. I will say, though, it is
0: like of its time because like the 50s fashion versus the 70s fashion are two very different eras. Well, you know, there was like transitions like 90s is different from what we wear now.
1: I mean, in talking that, like the evolution of the style, like from from when she first meets uh, Elvis to when she finally decides to leave. I mean, she's literally wearing pants like is that not the most liberating like not the most liberating but i guess like just showing that a woman is liberated i guess it's agency for sure Mm -hmm. like because
0: her whole life she was like being dressed up uh before elvis came in and like before elvis like left and did all his like tours i will thank the elvis movie for giving me a lot of context cues that like um the original like no i'm um, sorry the priscilla didn't give me that much context because like first of all i didn't even know why elvis was in germany me neither i was just kind
1: of like okay i i had assumed it was like pre-fame yeah but then they were like this is famous elvis and i'm like what's he doing in
0: germany then yeah i like what's he doing oh the reason why he's in Germany is because uh, he's trying not to be racist. But kudos, I guess, like, kudos to the for not being racist. But at the same time, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm here cackling. He just said, just don't be racist. Bro, <laughs> no, like, he was racist. That's what, well, he wasn't racist. That's why the U.S. sent him to Germany and just, like, made an example out of him. Like, okay, you got to be a good Christian boy. Do not hang out with black people otherwise we'll send you to Germany
1: (laughs) I'm not defending that as an American I'm not defending that (laughs) I think I've said on this pod several times I disown my heritage (laughs) but then it's also
0: that thing about that TikTok where audio where you're like you come back from a week abroad from the U.S. it's like red white blue motherfucker
1: (laughs) (laughs) because the food here is better <laughs> oh, sure honey you can't say anything you in London they ain't got any flavor but alright we'll London's just, got we'll flavor
0: see. everywhere else but London has no flavor
1: you're just going to wrong okay, places no. in London yeah what? <laughs> uh, we just gonna turn this into a distant <laughs> episode <laughs> you know who also has no flavor Elvis Presley <laughs> uh, uh okay (laughs) i won't say that
0: like i will acknowledge that like he's made a impact in like music and definitely has been like a cultural like uh footstone for your country
1: that gave me a second because i was trying to make the joke and then i couldn't figure out who exactly to say um (laughs) I should have said the colonel because clearly yeah. the colonel has more of a, a but presence colonel, than Elvis. I'm not gonna but anyway, lie though. The colonel is such
0: a fascinating character and I don't know why. Like, is it because he's just played by Tom Hanks? And also like he was barely a character. I don't think he was even a character in Priscilla. Hang on. Uh, did you know who the character names were apart from Elvis and Priscilla in the Priscilla movie? Because I did not. Everyone was just an NPC except for the two of them. And even at times, Elvis felt like an NPC because this was very much like priscilla's (laughs)
1: that's that's fair i think i only really learned the colonel's name like after he scolds priscilla for going through all the fan mail with the girls in the office oh yeah yeah and that's i didn't even realize who he was like i didn't even
0: notice yeah i think that's like my like uh drawback like you i dog points for the sofia coppola one because um I literally, everyone felt, everyone except Priscilla and Elvis felt like an NPC to me. Whereas I guess Baz Luhrmann's one, he takes more time to explain who's who, but also it's from the Colonel's point of view. That's why he wants to like,
1: I'm a good guy. See, I plucked this kid out from the circus. and I mean, it was a bit more obvious. The Colonel's literally narrating the film. Um Oh, I have a soft spot for Tom Hanks. So... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was funny because I was watching interviews with Sophia, Kaylee and Jacob and Sophia often said, like, I love Kaylee's portrayal of Priscilla because you can see a lot of nuance in her face. And it's like, yes, I get that. But for like the regular moviegoer who's just watching, you can't get all of the details you need simply by looking at her face or it could be misinterpreted. I do agree with
0: what you're saying. However, I think Kaylee's performance is um I like the quiet of it it's all intentional choices like from like top down and um but would it be too quiet for like the person who sees like four movies a year in the cinema 100% and this would not be the one movie that they pick for the four movies in the cinema
1: <laughs> yes that's why i mean i Despite the fact that we do this podcast, despite the fact that I've written things before, I feel like the regular movie goer. I don't have like a film degree and stuff like that. That's why when the divorce happened and she straight up just saying I'm leaving. I was like, when did she make this decision? Because I did not follow her with that.
0: It was kind of a long time coming. If you don't see your husband like for like what more than three times a year, I think that's pretty good grounds for divorce right there.
1: I guess I was just kind of waiting for her to tell anyone, literally, even the dog even the dog, like I'm thinking of leaving. That's it.
0: (laughs) But I think it is, I like the subtlety of it. It is, it's a very big juxtaposition when you compare it next to the Elvis movies. That's why like on the top of our notes document, I said that like it's apples to oranges. We can't really like do like a fair comparison of these two movies because one is just like an everything bagel and one is just the like, was a, was a classic one a glazed donut? I don't know. A plain bagel,
1: maybe. It's not a plain bagel though. This is just this one has flavor.
0: Like, it's not a good. Okay. Okay. If that's an everything bagel, this one is what like cream cheese. It's classic. People like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, it's funny that we follow up from Marie Antoinette with this. And we like, even then we had like that crazy montage scene where everybody screams about the converse and Marie Antoinette. And even when Priscilla is going through her own like wardrobe change slash montage, it's run by Elvis. And even his group, like the group is there commenting on that what she's wearing. That was so
0: fucking gross. Like, yeah. I couldn't sit. Th- that was like so uncomfortable. A lot of this movie was uncomfortable for me. But that scene where it's just like everyone's cherry picking what she should and shouldn't wear. And like, I do agree with the guys that the dress that she chose for herself at that moment did look good on her. But like, she wants to wear it. Let her wear it. Oh, she is her own person. And I like. I like that we ended on that in the movie is just like the 13 years she finds like her own like person food hood like you know how much of it was like influenced by elvis and how much of it was her own we will never know because like um we are the people that around us that mold us so it's like at the same time i'm glad like
1: she found a way to get out of that because that was really bad (laughs) yeah it was funny that we bring up the memphis mafia because i was watching the uh the let me explain review of priscilla and it had me dying because it mentioned the memphis mafia that being around so often basically like cock blocking elvis and priscilla's relationship that like you may as well think that elvis is sleeping with one of the memphis mafia instead i'm not gonna like you <laughs> might have like a better time like i said what would
0: uh how would their age difference 10 years right 24 year old and a 14 year old talk to hell i talk like i was speaking to a 19 year old the other day and like the topics of conversation can be like so weird because like our cultural references are so different (laughs) what does the 24 year old and a 14 year old talk about
1: well i i'm also confused because um i was also reading that she may have been like no not not priscilla specifically but more that elvis might have been forced to marry priscilla is that i don't know if i read that correctly but if that was it was the case i may have been wikipedia so please don't quote me Um, (laughs) but it's kind of like if that was the case why did we not see that was i feel like i think that one i would kind of be able to get but it's through a
0: lot of like subtext cues because of like how he's like uber religious and like it's very uh south of south of like USA type of like traditionalist oh, yeah. type of like mentality of like oh
1: well people here marry young so it's not that out of the room. Yes and no, because usually the mentality is well you knocked her up so now you have to get married but he refused to even like do the thing that could make her pregnant. So <laughs>
0: But it's also the appearances as well, I guess. Because, like, every all eyes were on Elvis at the time. So if he's already hanging around with, like, one girl for such a long period of time, it's, like, a foregone conclusion that they would end up together. Whether if that's, like... I mean, they were... They seemed really happy to be getting married and, like, the wedding was pretty... I, I don't know. That was, like, a lot more subdued than I... Everything in this movie was, like, a lot more subdued than I thought. But, like... They just tried not to make like that big a deal out of everything that and this is something I noticed from Sophia Coppola. The biggest deal for like these two movies it, is when like these two women, so Marie and Priscilla, like reach to motherhood. Cause that's when like a lot of their like self-actualization. Does Sophia have any kids? Like, is that why she has like she's like so keen to like explore that? Like because that was really interesting
1: to me. She's a girl mom. <laughs> Oh, that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> that explains way too much, actually. Um, and especially since her first daughter was born around 2006. So it was kind of like perfect timing with when Antoinette's release. I don't necessarily think you need
0: like lived experience to tell a specific story, but because like that's really gatekeepy. But like, at the same time, it does like inform a lot of your storytelling. So um so that was cool that's a cool fun fact we find out today
1: (laughs) (laughs) i promise remote watch is a well-researched well-rounded podcast that you have come to to find really strong information um but also probably dumbassery because we are researching as we go (laughs) okay
0: now can i go to my full dumbassery and like fangirl over jacob alordi
1: um yes you can that is the only reason people tune in um (laughs) i think he's like so good like he
0: is doing the full robert pattinson trajectory of like hating his like the thing that made him famous kissing booths. um trying to distance himself from projects that don't quote unquote don't serve him anymore reasons why i don't think we'll see euphoria season three anytime soon
1: um and like he's going for all these indies like what do you think of his elvis i actually kind of enjoyed it um and i also loved kind of hearing him talk about it yeah so basically i'm fangirling over jacob alorty because he's kind of like cool um and that when he did interviews you know priscilla said he had a great elvis accent and also we know elvis from what he sounded like on the radio and on tv but what does elvis sound like behind closed doors So he kind of like, I can get the Elvis essence, but it was kind of nice that we got this toned down version, but it also made when he bursts out of Priscilla, even more terrifying because it's a lot of like, well, why don't you go home and I can't handle this with all your jealousy and stuff like that. And he goes, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you're like the contrast. And it's like, it's very, it's very, Like, it really shows you how manipulative that can be. You can't just explode at someone and then apologize just because you want to. It's manipulative and shows you the situation Priscilla needed to get out of.
0: Yeah, what I also loved about, like, um, his portrayal is that he knows that he's not, like, the titular character in this one. So, like, we've already had an Elvis movie. And I am curious to know if they ever watched it in their production process or if it was out yet when they made it but um yeah because elvis is larger than life so it's very easy like to overshadow this story with like such a big presence like yes the shadow aspect of it is what we need not elvis like face front and we didn't have a lot of that and like i think it's a very conscious choice between like Jacob and Sophia how to like, you know Elvis is not the main character and like just feature it all on like Priscilla and like having close ups on like Kaylee Spayney's face and like it's so easy to like it could very easily have become like another Elvis movie and this wasn't that this was a Priscilla movie and I applaud everything about that
1: yeah very much like. How do you see things through Priscilla's perspective? Because if she didn't get to go on tour, we're not going on tour either. We're not going to know what that looks like. So they're very good framing it from Priscilla's perspective. Granted, that was the whole point of the film, but they could have easily gone in several different directions. 100%.
0: I think it's also because, like, you know, we have an Elvis film that just came out in the past year. And so if you wanted an Elvis one with a much more intense Elvis, You have the Austin Butler one.
1: Still, I'd rather rewatch Priscilla because it's shorter. You could watch Priscilla twice and (laughs) And still not be done with Elvis. (laughs) That's my that's my main gripe. Why is this movie so long? (laughs) I I will admit, it,
0: it took me two chunks to watch it, and I don't know if it's because like my attention span's gotten like so much worse because of like TikTok and like life, but like it took me. I had to like stop. At one point, like uh, I I stopped around the Christmas special and then, like picked up again.
1: (laughs) Honestly, trying to fit it into a crazy schedule did not help. So I was skimming. I was skimming a lot of it, reading the Wikipedia synopsis. (laughs) Like it just, I would fill in the gaps for myself because I simply just needed to get tone and how it looks like and what we're following from there. Because I just, oh man, I mean... If you need to go flashy, go with Baz Lerman. But if you need like quiet, kind of thoughtful, go with Sophia Coppola, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think like that's a pretty good summation. I also did did they use any of like Elvis songs in Priscilla? Was I'm gonna look it up now.
1: I feel like they did, but it was only really like in the background. Or even when Elvis has a special, you don't really hear it. You just see it on the TV. Yeah.
0: Because, and like, you know, the end song isn't even Elvis,
1: right? Like, um. No, it's, uh, I was actually stuck with it on the way back home. It's I Will Always Love You, but covered by Dolly Parton. Music wise, I do.
0: I don't know if it's because like, I've listened to it so much more now, but like the Marie Antoinette soundtrack hits harder. Than this one, and also like what a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. Please, I yeah, that wasn't really like a big standout song to me, except from like I will always love you.
1: Yeah, but it's also like we we just said Priscilla is not an explosive film, so if there's going to be music, it's going to be quiet, and it's going to fit like the soft tone of it. Granted, if they had like jazz, it wasn't going to be like. Very slow.
0: It wouldn't be out of place if it did went a bit louder. Because like we had like set pieces of going to Vegas and going to like parties, but it is just very much like it this movie wants you to sit with how uncomfortable your it's making you. It's hard to do biographies because like we've already seen it in like these two, so it's like this is movies with Elvis, but not 100% about Elvis, even though one of them is literally called Elvis, but like um, it is like perspectives of Elvis Um, Priscilla is very much like her lived experience living with Elvis, and like the Elvis movie was a biography that at times felt more like a Tom Parker biography, because it's just like, oh, this is my life as a shitty manager to Elvis Presley Um, but Elvis Is larger than life, but he's never the one that's telling the story, which I always find I found fascinating watching these two movies.
1: I mean, at this point, I don't even like. Do we even have documented record of like Elvis's experience of existing? Well,
0: I think it's difficult because, like you know, everything would be like posthumous discoveries because he's not he's not going to be able to stand in court and like uh defend himself from public opinion about him especially after like this Priscilla movie but um i think it's just in general biographies they're like the easiest cash cow for hollywood to like make stories out of but at the same time it's it's a really delicate balance to be able to like um tell like a genuinely like compelling narrative but at the same time wanting to be respectful to the subjects that you're creating a movie about.
1: Yeah. And that makes me concerned for any like biopics that come out. Like especially for Michael Jackson. Like I feel like it's gonna be even harder than Is too. there going to be one? Yes. And his uh I believe his nephew is going to play him. Oh. And it's like spitting image too, but also like I'm worried that there was that there's gonna be too much drama with it, also considering like he came from an abusive household and stuff like that. So Yeah MJ's gonna be hard. Yeah. MJ's gonna be even worse. Okay,
0: well, we've talked about some celebrity, future celebrity biopics,
1: Harry Styles, Michael Jackson, anyone else you want to (laughs) see? Oh, you know, for a fact, there's going to be one of either Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Don't lie. Not in the next five years. No, not in the next five years, but like maybe in the next like 20 years, 15, 20 years. Oh, yeah, it would be in our lifetime, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd be like much older, but we'd still be of the age of like, I remember when they had world tours and we couldn't afford to get it because Ticketmaster is expensive, stuff like that.
0: God. <laughs> well, that's assuming that we still get concerts. Considering what I mean, I mean, I feel like it's going to be weirder now, the landscape with uh tours going to cinema. Like I know live music is different than like uh, like screen experience, but also like you get like that commutative community vibe of like, oh, you just want to like belt it out with a bunch of other fans. And like the Eritrea's tour movie gave them that. So I think it's like a little bit different now, but I don't know. This is my prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong.
1: I mean yes and no but they could also probably put together new concerts now that they're talking about AI and stuff like that
0: God. like they're
1: already doing like holographic performances like speaking to MJ he had his own holographic performance posthumously so and then we
0: have like that Beatles song that just came out this past mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago uh, it's just it is fascinating to see like how like Mediums change so quickly because, like, the biggest thing uh, back then was like, "Oh my God, we were able to show him on satellite and multiple screens," and now it's like, "Okay, and I can do that." (laughs) Just no one's watching. (laughs) Is anything you're watching
1: lately, fellow travelers? I want to watch that. (laughs) uh It's on Paramount Plus with a Showtime add-on. Which is really silly because, you know, you have to pay for the subscription and then pay for the additional subscription. That's just me bitching for two seconds. Um, But for those who don't know about Fellow Travelers, it is a show starring Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey, who play lovers during the Lavender Scare um, around the 1950s. So you get like McCarthyism going on and you know, it's, you know, there's a big, you know, gay community within the government system in DC, but they've all got to keep themselves in the down low because there's literally laws saying like, don't be gay. Um, So that's kind of what fellow travelers is about. Um, And I've only really been watching it because I got to go to an event. Thank you, Adriana, um, for, you know, getting to see the first episode and Jonathan Bailey and Matt Bomer were there and they're just as beautiful in real life as they are on screen. So that's just my two cents. Everyone, please go watch fellow travelers. Thank you.
0: I want to watch it because I think Johnny Bailey is one of the finest actors in like that I've ever seen, like in terms of his acting and his face. Because I was
1: gonna say, fine, what kind of fine do you mean? And all the ways <laughs> fine. He's pretty,
0: he's good at acting, he's got range. This is the man that goes from crashing to Bridgerton to Cock. <laughs> he's got range. I'm telling you.
1: It was funny because I asked him a question and he had basically kind of po- put himself forward as like the romance expert because he had dealt with like all the fame from, you know, Bridgerton and then now fellow travelers. And even then he's playing a love story. It's just with somebody completely different, you know? Yeah, but he's great. Like,
0: I think he is in my lifetime. I think he'll see an Oscar and I want it. I want it for him. And Emmy and Emmys
1: for him and Matt. So. Yeah.
0: Bridgerton's not gonna get him an Emmy, but he was really good. No,
1: no fellow travelers will though. I can see it. <laughs> okay. Um.
0: Well, this one isn't award winning, but it certainly took over pop culture. The last thing I like that I want to talk about that I saw was I saw the Twilight concert experience, and it was the most fun thing. And I encourage everyone. If like it's possible for you or if you ever see an event that says like hey, we're showing Twilight on the big screen with like a bunch of other people, get up on that and go because it would be the most fun that you will ever have everyone's laughing, everyone's making like jokes Every- you can like hear everyone quote the dumbass lines and like when you hear the do, 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 oh it's so good so yeah, I got to see. Um, cause I never got to see the first Twilight movie in the big screen. So this was like a big first for me. And like, it was so fun. And like, I, I am making 11 year old Kaylee very proud right now.
1: I got to see Twilight on the big screen, but it was before anyone really knew what was going to happen in the film. So I wish I could see it like now where all the nostalgia hits and the fact that like everyone has seen it a million times. I want that. I feel like it'd be good in New York too. So whoever did it in London, come over here. There is an audience.
0: (laughs) There is this person at the back of me. They were quoting the most like mundane lines. It was in it was the scene in the science lab. And they're talking about all the science shit and they know all the lines. And I'm like, this is a new level of unhinged. Like I thought I was some level of unhinged, but I am this is like good for you though
1: oh wait that's the scene where they're talking about like what um stage the cells are at meiosis or something like that or yeah. mitosis or whatever something like but, <laughs> yeah i don't know the words
0: but that girl knew word for word and i was just like whoa your brain but also well, that probably means that she's seen it like so many times but i also have seen it a bunch of times But I can't quote it word for word. I can quote, like, the big ones. Uh, You know, like, Hold on tight, Spider-Monkey had, like, a big
1: I mean, um, what we should do is probably a live reading one day. We should get a cast together. Do, like, a remote watch special. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, someday we'll just, like, find, like, the script or it. And then it's just, like, uh, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Uh, yeah, so that's one that I wanted to highlight. Other than that, I watched A Bug's Life recently for no other reason than I just wanted to watch A Bug's
1: Life. Oh, my God. No, I am so ready for um, the release of the Doctor Who specials that is going to happen on the 25th. So I'm getting ready. I'm getting prepared. It's
0: confirmed, right? It's 25th, right? Yes, it's okay. confirmed
1: as the 25th, which I think is dumb because the anniversary is the 23rd, but that's also Thanksgiving. So it's like it well, works for we the we American do viewers. Thanksgiving.
0: That the rest of the world so why didn't it come whatever we do so (laughs) there's like only like a few things consistent in remote watch me like just shading and like trashing julia for being an american every single episode
1: (laughs) that's okay that's why we're friends (laughs) it's the sign that you love me so
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right if you want to hear more love, we have a whole archive of episodes for you to check out. Uh, you can find us on at Remote watch on Twitter. You can find us on at Remote underscore Watch on Instagram. We have a website, RemoteWatchPod.com. And we're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, our personal socials are also up there. And next time we'll be talking about probably Doctor Who. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye, bye. From watch out.